Hey, Kate. Yeah? Do we give legal advice on this podcast? Oh, gosh, no. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Hello, and welcome to the Hostile Work Environment Podcast. I, right before I started that, I said to Kate, don't laugh. And she's trying so hard and actually doing a pretty good <laughs> so job. Oh, yeah, there you go. What's that? I was trying so hard and being relatively successful. You, I was about to say that. You were being very, you know, for you, being successful at the not laughing. Yeah. My name is Mark yeah. Alifans. Uh We're back after about almost a month. Uh, we are... Glad to be here. We've been catching up a little bit before we started recording. It's good to see you, Kate. How are you doing? Yes. I am doing, minus the general state of the world, I'm doing great. Um, we still have war. We still have inflation. We still have, oh, but we have a black Supreme Court justice, female, first ever in Katanji Brown Jackson, which is super exciting. Um, but yeah, generally, how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, we part of why we took that break was because my my daughters got bat mitzvahed, uh, which was now two weeks ago. Uh, that was a lot of work and a, uh, <laughs> a lot of family in town, and uh, more or less the most like joyous and happy occasion I could possibly have imagined. We had a party Aww. with almost a hundred people, and uh, it was it was a lot of work, but just to have a party. With people, oh yeah, and be yeah. able to do that. I mean, it, we feel really fortunate, uh, just very lucky that we were able to do that. And and in a lot of ways, that has taken over all my time since the last time you and I recorded, yeah. because it was it was two weeks of gearing up, and then oh my gosh, like the the like letdown afterwards, like all of us just trying yes. to reestablish our normal lives after that much attention and family and other yeah. stuff. So. Uh, it's, yep. I feel like I'm finally back to normal, uh, but it took a week or two, <laughs> honestly. So, uh, yeah, well, I remember, yeah, I remember my post wedding. Like I cried because I wasn't going to see my florist anymore. So I understand <laughs> coming down from a big party. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, we've been, we, we had Southern barbecue, uh, for it, Ooh. which is not traditional bat mitzvah food, but I don't care. And, uh, <laughs> we had so many leftovers. I'm still eating some of that barbecue chicken <laughs> and it's delicious and I'm not tired of it yet. Oh, well, I don't think I ever could be. Things. I don't think I ever yeah, could the... be. <laughs> Great. Great. Well, can we start talking about the big employment slash labor law stories that are out there at the moment? Uh, please. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Is your response I'm going to assume. Okay. So please, yeah, the sorry. biggest we, story. We... Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. No, I said, please go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> we have, I think we had a connection done. issue. Back had a connection issue. Yeah. Connection issue. That's back all. in the swing. Okay. So the biggest story out there from what I'm seeing is the unionizing efforts at both Amazon and Starbucks. And I'm going to start with Amazon because I think the biggest part of the story for the Amazon piece is just how not great Amazon itself handled the situation. And the fact that the union at Amazon is an independent union, not associated with one of the major unions out there, whether it's SEIU or the AFL-CIO, not attached. 
which fascinating. is astounding, That's right? Fascinating. And, yeah. Um, and I was listening to a story today that talked about how Chris Smalls, who is the head of the Amazon union, he was terminated two years ago from the JFK eight, I think is the name of the location. Um, he was terminated in part or not terminated because of this, but he started raising a whole bunch of issues related to COVID. He was seeing his friends at work get sick and not getting the information from Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. And that that really you know, kind of drove that whole initiative to get the union off of the ground. And the then at the time, an executive for Amazon wrote a memo about how they should make Chris Smalls the head or the face of the unionizing efforts because he's not that smart and that he would, you know, really make this fail. Well, the opposite seemed to be true. Um, and by making him the face that might have been part of the reason it was successful because yeah. he's, you know, he's a regular Joe amongst that group of people and they could see themselves in him and his leadership, I believe in part, but they talked about, uh, how the Amazon union went about unionizing. It was making sure that the organizers could speak the language, that they could bring in food, um, cater food from the cultures that are represented at Amazon. It was a very fascinating, just truly a grassroots organizing campaign that then was more successful than I think anybody anticipated. I mean, they won by more than 10 points. It was a significant margin margin of which they won, which is now maybe the model for other Amazon sites. Um, we remember what happened in Alabama that the union lost there, but you know this can drive more of those efforts across the country. So Amazon's very interesting for that reason. But there's another big unionizing campaigns out there with Starbucks. Now, Starbucks has 9,000 corporate-owned stores across the country. And right now, according to a New York Times article, more than 175 of those stores in 25 states have a unionizing effort currently go ongoing. Um, the union has won, I want to say, let me look at this, 16 of the elections that have currently been held. And Starbucks has won one of the Stores. So there have been 17 elections, 16 to the union, only one to the store. Um, and this really underscores something that has been happening in employers, and that is not handling these elections in the best possible manner. Um, they fired one of the organizers for recording a conversation, which I believe you know started a spark to create more unionizing because if you don't handle one campaign very well or you treat one of the organizers unwell, then that's going to spread amongst your other stores. And my personal opinion is that this probably related to a couple of bad managers, but because of how Starbucks responded to the unionizing efforts, it's now spreading like wildfire. And the traditional, you know, labor handbook that those of us who have handled campaigns in the past is not the way to go these days in many respects. It this seems like it might not be actually. Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> you know, one thing I, 
I saw this morning was, and I don't know if it was from this morning or something I saw from the past week while I was getting ready to prep for the episode, uh, is that something like over 50, the union, the Amazon union has had inquiries from over 50 other locations uh, yeah. that want to start a similar kind of organizing drive. And it, it, it snowballs. And I, I have to wonder, and, 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 you know, and you and I are both kind of more management side attorneys, but both of, both of, both of us, I like to think are, are both pro-employee and pro-employer all at the same time. And yep. we can straddle that <laughs> sometimes uncomfortable line. Uh, I have to wonder if, you know, if they'd handled that initial situation better, maybe with a softer or lighter touch, uh, instead of a hammer that maybe they wouldn't find themselves in this position. That's entirely speculation on my part. Right. But I think it's reasonably educated speculation. Yes. And this comes, you know, in light of all this, the National Labor Relations Board's general counsel took some relatively remarkable steps following the, th this happening. So Jennifer Abruzzo is the general counsel for the National Labor Relations Board, and she issued a memo directed towards the board that captive audience meetings, where the employer brings everybody together and talks about why you shouldn't unionize, are in violation of the National Labor Relations Act, and that those kinds of captive audience pieces uh, should no longer be permitted. And now Abruzzo is a long-term uh, union lawyer. She's been there forever. This is, you know, her died in the wool kind of position. But the captive audience thing has been really the cornerstone of what the management side would use as to say, this is why we don't want you to use it. It was one of management's right. most powerful tools. Yeah. And this just this just goes to show this is this has not been even an issue, I think, overall, a lot of the history of interpreting the National Labor Relations Act. And this is just one of those areas that shows that labor law, unlike the employment law, and again, neither of us are specifically labor lawyers, uh, but, no. uh, you know, it shows, though, that labor law functions differently than other areas of the law, and that it's very much board and agency created law that switches depending on which party holds the White House. Yeah, like in, in like all all law kind of can vary a little bit, but there's a, it it lags for a while. It takes a while for for that party in the White House to really start to put their print, you know, on on what's going on. Labor law happens much faster and in much more extreme ways, and yes. rules rules that were not okay under the last administration are okay under you know now that that's no mm -hmm. longer there anymore but it switches back and forth in really significant ways depending on which party holds the white house it does and there's a part of me that's waiting for the traditional labor unions to take a stance against these new forms of unions like like the what's happened at amazon because they're using different methodologies and there's there's the potential for that to actually happen and you know in a lot of ways, the AFL-CIO and the SEIU use tactics that I think are abhorrent and not great from personal well, experience in my in my case. But I want, you know, I don't have problems necessarily when employees get together to try to make things better. That is the concerted no. protector activity. I'm all about no. like 
Absolutely. If the the employer is screwing up, tell them that they're screwing up, you know, go together to do those kinds of things. It's, it's interesting to me how this shift from the traditional labor union to being really, this is just us. Right. And I thought what, what an indictment on that traditional labor union model that, that those traditional labor unions couldn't find a way to gain the traction uh, I think that that the traditional labor unions like you engage in some abhorrent practices. Employers do too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, so right, I, I, right. I'm yep. more than happy to to, to come down <laughs> on both sides on this equation. But yes, you know, I think that they engage in terrible tactics. I think they are they are largely or or excessively political instead of actually mm-hmm. trying to help employees and and taking employee money uh, and not necessarily giving the return on that investment for the employees. Right. And I think it's an indictment on that model that this was only successful through an independent, you know, process. Yes. And to be fair, the Amazon labor union itself, you know, has office space in some traditional union settings and has been, you know, they've been giving them some form of support, but this is different. It's different. Um, It's still different. It feels different. It is different. Um, We'll see what happens when they file their first LM4, if they get to all those kinds of fun stuff. So awesome. Okay, do you want something that's just a little bit tish more lighthearted and that's right up your alley? Oh, sure. I don't think I even know what the story is. Other than, so before I started, I, you know, we are an almost entirely harassment-free podcast today. Uh, but then Kate, <laughs> but Kate's some- like, no, but I've got a story that actually has that. So, so this is your one taste of harassment today. Enjoy it. <laughs> okay, so this comes <laughs> from a law office blog post from July 5th, 2021, which answers the question, is farting in the workplace a form of bullying? Oh. (laughs) Wow. I I mean, I suppose it depends on the purpose of the farting, right? (laughs) Yes. So in Australia, there are apparently some forms of bullying that are against the law. Okay. okay, so unlike here, right? So here, bullying in and of itself is not illegal. It may right. be against your policy, so don't do right. it. And don't do it because it makes you a bad person if you do it, but uh, not otherwise illegal. Yes, mostly because that pesky First Amendment, right? Right. So, okay, so I'm going to read this to you because the author here does such a good job. With the return of millions of workers working remotely from their basements to the offices comes close interaction with their fellow employees. An Australian employee complained about a supervisor's conduct and an appeals court had to decide if excessive intestinal flatulent aimed at a coworker was bullying or not. Sorry, do you say intestinal or intentional? Intestinal. Was come from your intestine? I I just... I was trying to gauge the intention behind it, but I guess you said it did yeah. also say targeted toward. So, so what was it like directed in one specific direction? Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So David Hinkst was an engineer working for construction engineering party limited. His nemesis was his supervisor, Greg Short. Hinkst his nemesis. <laughs> I said it was really well. Uh, Hanks testified that he moved out of a communal office space to avoid supervisor short flatulence. Hanks told the court that short would enter Hanks small windowless office several times a day and break wind and leave. Hanks quote unquote alleged that Mr. Short would regularly break wind on him or at him. 
Mr. Short thinks this to be funny, the two court of appeals judges wrote in their ruling. At times, he would fart behind me and walk away. He would do this five or six times a day, Hanks said. Okay, so I've got two things here. One, that's really pretty gross. And two, what is Mr. Short eating? That during the workday, he can fart five or six times and time it so he can get to Hanks' office, drop a deuce, and then come back. Like, what is happening there? I, I mean, I don't want to get into his his conditions. Uh, uh, you know, some some people Kate, are just more flatulent than others. <laughs> well, I would recommend some probiotics. Okay, the Australian Supreme Court of Victoria held that the farty on the ground. The farty against the against the farty. Is on it the, the farter and the farty? Farty, yes. <laughs> held That's against awesome. The <laughs> Held against the party on the ground that the supervisor's conduct under Australian law must be so unreasonable to give rise to a recognizable psychiatric illness, and none was proven by Hanks. Thus, the party may have been unpleasant, but it was not illegal bullying. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if my boss came in, it was the boss doing it, right? Like oh, yeah, my, it was the supervisor. If yep. my supervisor came in and... Like, I mean, I don't really have one now since I, I'm a shareholder, but, you know, if Dennis came in, because he's the closest thing I've got to a boss now, you know, and like opened the door, turned around, <laughs> dropped tooted one off, at tooted yeah. at me, and then and then closed the door and left uh, and did that over and over and over again. I'm, you know, it's it certainly, Dear I think, Dennis, yeah, right. do you need some beans? I can ship some to you. Instacarted, uh, you know, some burritos. Anyway, uh, yeah, so <laughs> interesting. I mean, I, I think that would still probably in many workplaces in, in this country probably violate a policy or two. Uh, yeah. and, and while maybe a court would not say, unless, unless it was targeted based on a protected class, right? So that could be right. part of... <laughs> Very much a part of a a harassment sort of claim if it's alleged to be done based on your age oh. or disability or or race or whatever. But in, in in without that, probably not illegal here either. I only fart on the Catholics, so. <laughs> wow, Kate. I don't do it at all, but like if it was, I only fart on Catholics, then yes, it would be potentially harassing. Oh, so that was behavior. hypothetical. I thought you were saying that's yes. what you do. <laughs> no. <laughs> Watch out, Jeff Nowak. Next time I see you, here comes. <laughs> wow. Oh, we'll sorry. have to tell I Jeff to make sure he tunes jokes. into this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. What do you got for me? All right. I got a quick story here. Uh, we, uh, shockingly, we don't, we don't promote this. We do have a Facebook page. <laughs> yes. And we don't use it, but we do Very receive awesome. notes on it. And, uh, listener Stephanie Dorison sent a, an article to, uh, I think it was last night or the night before as we record this, uh, with a link to an article. And so I'm going to just talk very briefly about that article and I'm going to start with a question for you, Kate. Mm-hmm. To save money, this this should be straightforward. I hope you don't get feel challenged by this. But to save money, 
It's totally cool for employers to hire citizens who live across the border in another country, have them work in the United States, and then not pay the minimum wage because they're not American, right? <laughs> no, totally not. Okay. Because <laughs> that's Sorry. just what three uh... different companies in the San Diego area did. They paid workers who lived in Mexico but worked in the United States, so they had them come across the border. They paid them in pesos um, and at rates equivalent to as low as $2.50 an hour, which is slightly below the California minimum wage. <laughs> what the California minimum wage is what? It's got to be close to 15 if It's got to be close to 15 if not over by now. Uh, so yeah. uh, investigations into the three companies followed another company. So it's actually a fourth company by the Department of Labor last year into San Diego-based Primar Global Warehouse Logistics, which was found to have paid its workers <laughs> as low as three thirty-eight an hour with no overtime. Uh, and the mm. company paid its workers in pesos, despite the fact that their work was performed entirely in San Diego. The three current companies have been ordered by a federal court now to pay nearly $2 million in minimum and overtime back wages to 108 workers and must pay more than $56,000 in penalties for violating the Fair Labor Standard Act's minimum wage and overtime requirements. General, sorry, Consul General of Mexico, Carlos Gonzalez Gutierrez, who is actually based in San Diego, possibly yeah. for this very reason, uh, <laughs> said, and I think this is something for us all to remember, may these cases remind us all, both workers and employers, that once the worker crosses the Mexico-U.S. border, U.S. labor law applies and will be soundly enforced. Yes, this is true. Whether I, in Minneapolis, have someone working for me who lives in Wisconsin but drives, you know, the 45 minutes to come to work for me in Minneapolis. Like, if the work, If that's work where the work here. is primarily done. Now, it's a little yep. bit different if you're, if you're incidentally traveling as part of your job to another location. Right. But yes. if if you're doing all of your work in Minnesota, uh, I'm sorry, first of all. But second of all, oh, uh, oh burn, relatively burn, good. burn. Uh, <laughs> and you're coming across from Wisconsin to do that and all of your work is done in Minnesota, then you're going to be classified as, as somebody who works in Minnesota. Yep. And yep. So anyway, a brief, we don't do enough wage an hour on this because it's not quite as sexy as harassment and other things. And we I can't about. do math. Well, and, and you know, math mathically challenged Kate so uh so I wanted yeah. to get that brief because uh, I thought that was I mean that's just crazy and and really stupid on the part of these companies and like don't do that yes. don't be stupid don't be stupid yep okay so yesterday I, uh no April 7th so today is the 10th okay so a couple of days ago uh a gentleman who is the founder and CEO of a company called Zerad, Zeradha Online, I believe, tweeted that they are running a fun health program. And anyone <laughs> I saw on this, our, yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyone on our team with a BMI under 25 gets half a month's salary as a bonus. The average BMI of our team is 25.3. And if we can get it to under 24 by August, everyone gets another half month as a bonus. It'd be fun to compete with other companies. Smiley face emoji. The lowest This sounds BMI fun. That sounds really fun. <laughs> we should all do okay. that. Sorry. Sorry. Can't, I, sorry. Interrupting. Can't help myself. Okay. 
the lowest average BMI or the largest change in average BMI wins. The winner chooses a charity everyone else contributes to. Maybe a health tech company can run the initiative. If you want to do this at your company, do post in the comments. Happy World Health Day! Exclamation point. P.S. I know BMI isn't the best measure to track health and fitness. No shit, Sherlock. But it is the easiest way to get started. With health and most other things in life, the most important bit is to get started. By the way, walking 10,000 steps daily is a great start if you've been wanting to get healthy. The end. Okay, so so I'll just note that that PS was a separate tweet that was added after he was getting ratioed yes. for this, uh, and rightfully so. <laughs> Uh, super ratioed for this. Like it, right? The original tweet has 587 retweets, 2,012 quote tweets, which is one of mine. Which I, which I said as an employment attorney, I'm begging you not to do this. Now, first of all, he is in India. Bangalore is where he, right. where he's based. Right. So this might not be against any laws. In any laws India. in India. But here, holy shit. Um, one of my followers <laughs> responded to this tweet uh, with something I thought was just really, really sweet, which is, uh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? This is the first one. So we'll be at the bottom, which I got a lot of responses to this, which was, um, as an employment attorney that represents employees, I wonder if they have a Virginia office because this screams lawsuit all over it, right? Because this is going to have disability related pieces because I might have things like uh, diabetes or, you know, heart condition or a lot of different things that mean my BMI might be a little higher. <laughs> and you're it, going to. This is per ugh. se problematic in all 50 states and, yeah. and it, it, you know, is under the guise of a health program, but is actually. A whole new way to make people feel bad uh, in a whole bunch of different ways, and, and that ranges from people who have who have active medical conditions that would make it impossible for them or difficult for them to lose weight or to get down anywhere near a BMI in that in that area, but also folks who are underweight and struggling to keep their weight up. Yeah, what a perverse incentive there! Like it's messed up on so many levels, and and I do think that this is a good good time actually to talk about something that we haven't talked about much and we don't need to get into it in too much detail, but, but wellness plans at employers proceed yeah. with at your own risk, right? Like they're yep. most of the time, almost always hearts in the right place, wanting to improve health. This is good for the employee. This is good for the employer. It's good all the way mm -hmm. around, except so many of them end up being discriminatory and against against folks who have disabilities or other medical conditions yeah. that would prevent them from even being able to participate in the first place. And so yeah, I'm not suggesting that you cancel all of your 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 health and wellness programs, but you do right. want to make sure they're vetted. You do want to make sure that these are are done in a way that can be applied and and the benefits of which can be enjoyed by everyone. Mm -hmm. And there's there's nothing wrong with encouraging wellness because, you know, we all, to a certain extent, encourage wellness. Um, I encourage wellness by doing a poop ton of walking. But, 
you know, I also get to have a donut occasionally too. But the idea that whether you're giving people Fitbits or if you're giving people Apple Watches so they can start tracking their fitness and you want them to share that information, want, no, 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 no. You can give the stuff out, but you don't ever want to get that information. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah. Like the fact that he even starts with saying the BMI of my team is 25.3. First of all, Fuck you, dude. Yeah, fuck you, dude. <laughs> Second of all, that's already like that's pretty darn thin team. And, and like and like third of all, like bad on you for even asking or finding out. Yeah. Like not cool. Yep. Not cool. No. Not cool. Bad. Not cool at all. Bad, bad, bad. Okay, what else you got for me? All right. So there I, I've got a, a a bit more for us here. Uh, this is this is largely going to be driven from uh, I hesitate to even call it out lest uh, you all read the content before I steal it for our podcast. Uh, this is all <laughs> going to be driven by uh, anti-work subreddit uh, uh, from Reddit. Uh, and I've got one one larger story. And then I've got a little bit of a, uh, I'll explain it in a couple minutes, a smorgasbord okay. is the word I've been using. Sweet. Okay. So. This was posted. I didn't copy the name of the person, so I apologize for not mentioning the username. Uh, but this was a post uh, about 10 days ago. So this was on April 1st uh, that somebody okay. posted this on Reddit in anti-work. My boss told me I was fired as soon as I got to work, laughed, and walked off. That's the headline. <gasps> I think I heard of this one. Yep. Keep going. I spent the next two hours shutting down my station and packing my stuff. Even destroyed my client list, and mine was the largest in the branch. When I got home, about three hours later, he called me. Boss, hey Z, where you at? I can't find you in the office. Me, you fired me. Why the hell would I be at work? Boss, (laughs) boss, it's April Fool's. It was a joke. Get back in here. Me, no. Yeah, like, let's just stop there. Don't do that. That's not funny. That's not a joke. That's just Mm -mm. evil and cruel. Me. No. You clearly said I'm fired. I'll be taking unemployment for a few months and filing a complaint with HR. He lost Uh. his shit, and I just hung up on him. It's not fucking funny, and I'm taking a vacation slash riding the wrongful termination train. He has called me ten times, and I think HR is calling me now. It goes on. Edit. I'm already getting DMs calling me a lazy parasite. Love it. Edit two. I kept my physical (laughs) copy of the client list and destroyed the digital on-site copy. (gasps) Edit three. Edit three. RIP my DMs. This post exploded in the hour it has existed. I'm trying to reply to people. Edit four. Geez, thousands of replies and hundreds of DMs. I'm going to fall asleep soon. I have a remote meeting with HR tomorrow, and I'll be talking with a few other people in the company too. I'll post an update soon. Stay safe. Edit five. I'll make an update in about four hours. Apparently, a chunk of my colleagues walked out after he yelled at a few of them last night. Boss has been put on leave. He also sent me no less than 72 messages via text and 13 voicemails, all of which (gasps) I'm too lazy to look at at the moment. HR slash another department lead have been talking with me since 7.30 a.m. Update soon. Edit six, final update. Uh, here's a look, a link to new events. And then he has a second post, a follow-up post. Okay. Hi there, all. I'm finally able to update the post from yesterday. 
All right, so after cooling off, talking with HR and other team leads and the lawyer for several hours last night and today, it looks like Michael, presumably that's the boss, is Mm -hmm. losing his position in the company and has been put on leave. He's being replaced by someone from my team. The other people he ran off are coming back and getting a raise for staying. I'm being shuffled to another team, getting a $5.15 an hour raise, four bonus weeks of vacation starting yesterday. Starting yesterday, I need a break, so I'm going to use them all right now, since the company is already doing some rearranging and such. The team I am getting, I will be secondary lead on, and as a team I've been trying to get onto for three years, much better bonuses and clientele. So I get a promotion and a raise. The new boss is far less of a hassle, and she is a lot more laid back. She went to great effort to get me to join the team she knew I wanted onto today and yesterday, and gave me a lot more than I wanted. Michael looks like he's fired from what I can tell. He has a history of issues, but he got his severance from what I heard. My coworkers from the previous team look to have collectively complained and used it as leverage for raises. I think they will get them too. It's weird how fast this all turned around, but I think I'll be in a better place for it financially. Some of the advice I got here helped a bit. I wanted y'all to know to know that. I'll drop a few updates. I'm still doing some coordinating and stuff at the moment. Looks like I'll be taking my old client list with me and merging it with a starter client list they want to give me when I move into the new seat. There's a couple of edits after that, but that's that's the, the okay. crux of it. Wow. So so bad on the boss for thinking that that was an acceptable and okay joke. Bad on the employee for destroying the the digital copy of the client list and taking it. That would be grounds for a suit in several different ways. So I, you lose your sympathy when you pull uh, bullshit uh, quite, like that. Quite a bit of it. And and so there's this duty of good faith and fair dealing that all employees effectively have with their employers. And, mm-hmm. and just because one side breaches that doesn't mean that you want to go and, and engage in that kind of, um, for lack of a better word, petulant kind of response that also yes. violates that that duty. Uh, clearly, yes. engaging in this kind of joke was improper and not acceptable, uh, and and breached. Arguably, could have, could have breached a duty between the employer and employee, but the employee goes back and and breaches that as well in return. That being said, putting that aside for the moment. You know, it sounds like they did what they needed to do to right the wrong and yep. get rid of a toxic Agreed. manager and get rid of a toxic manager and and see that maybe their workforce has been undervalued. Yep. No, I I applaud the employer for doing probably doing the right thing. Um, the raises are significant. Um, and so that's no small feat to be able to do that. And maybe it was, you know, they saw what they were need to hire people at. And so that required a whole readjustment too. So good on them for doing that. It's, it's just, I, I'm sorry. Not blameless take... here on the employee side either. Yeah. Not blameless on the employee side. Yeah. All right. So from <laughs> that, I want to move into what I'm calling a smorgasbord of employment posters. <laughs> Okay. So these are all, I'm going to read them to you. Unfortunately, you, you know, this is not a visual medium. So I'm going to read these. These are all posters that people have posted online that were posted in workplaces. Okay. So they're and, like literally big posters that would go up. Well, or, 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 or a piece of paper that a manager printed something out on and put on the wall or something like that. Not, 
not like yeah. a giant okay. labor poster, but like, okay. Uh, okay. So I've got uh, about six of these to read. And so what I want you to okay. do is, is I think arguably all of these are, are, are kind of dickish. <laughs> okay. But then I want to ask you, are they illegal dickish? Okay. Let's see okay. if I can do this. Woo! Okay. So the first one, it's a now hiring sign in the window of a business. Okay. So it says now hiring for full and part-time employment apply in person only. That's in quotes. I don't know why. Uh, please, no, <laughs> please, no phone calls in search of responsible, self-motivated people. Now this is in larger font and underlined and italicized. Okay. Un-American commies need not apply. <laughs> okay. And then it goes back, then California. it goes back, <laughs> then it goes back, then it goes back to uh, regular font. Have fun, work hard, and earn good wages. Join our family. Exclamation point. <laughs> okay. Unlawful in California. Yes. Political so affiliation. Political be... affiliation. So if, if you are are affiliated with the Communist Party... I suppose you could you could argue that this is uh, illegal discrimination based on political affiliation. Yeah. What about the just un-American part? Well, sure, it could be national origin. It could be referenced there, but I don't think that's where it's designed to be. No, because and really. I think un-American is is modifying commies. Communist. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, maybe so, if you're a member of the American Communist Party, maybe that is your loophole <laughs> as opposed to I'm an American commie, not an un-American <laughs> commie. Thank you very much. Oh. I like that. I like that. That's a good that's a good out if uh but you know. Okay, but but totally. our lesson here either way, that's really dumb. Don't do it. Okay. Yeah, don't do it. This is posted it looks like it's in a kitchen because it looks like there's a microwave kind of next to it on the wall of a business okay and it starts off with a headline all caps and underlined attention all subordinates so already <laughs> off to a good start already then in yep. a smaller font size no longer underlined but all caps effective immediately conversing about wages both on duty and <gasps> off duty is strictly forbidden. No, wait. Dun, more. Dun, dun. It now goes down to regular font, not not all caps anymore. This is considered proprietary information, and as such, it is protected <laughs> legally. If you are overheard speaking, and then there's a parenthetical here that's now all caps again, or listening to exclamation point exclamation point. <laughs> Right, so if you're overheard speaking or listening to a conversation in which wages are discussed, you will receive disciplinary, disciplinary action up to and including termination. As a reminder, and this is really important, Kate, <laughs> Kentucky is an at-will mm -hmm. state, meaning your employment can be terminated <laughs> for any reason without legal, without legal percussion. Uh, without oh, legal percussion. yes. This is the percussion. Right. Percussion or, one, yes. Or... Now, all caps again, or no reason. Have any questions, <laughs> ask Jer. And then there's a phone yeah, number. Yeah, ask Jer, because I'm sure this would be a polite conversation with Jer. Uh-huh. Right. So, I don't care if you are in Kentucky 
or in the Florida Keys. Employees get to talk about their wages under the National Labor Relations Act. And some states have particular provisions that allow employees to talk about it. If you claim it is proprietary, you are going to lose. And this sign is direct evidence that a National Labor Relations branch might be knocking down your door on this particular issue. So, yeah, this no. This is a big one. And and it's it's interesting just how much this message doesn't get out. And, and I think it's yeah. better now than it was 10 years ago. But I have had clients uh, in the past uh, where, you know, I was working on litigation and going through personnel files and I found like a wage confidentiality agreement in the employee's yeah. personnel file and then had a conversation with them about, is this standard practice? No. Okay. You have many, many locations in many states. How many do you think have these? Oh, I don't know. It could be, you know, clearly the location went and did this on their own. <laughs> Even, and we ended up doing an no, audit. No, no, no. We ended up doing an audit and over 150 locations ended up having a wage confidentiality agreement. And we ended up working with the client to make sure that they they figured out a way to void all of those agreements and undo the damage that was done, yeah. uh, which yeah. makes for more danger in the short term from a legal standpoint, right. uh, but still is the best thing you can do. So yeah. if you have anything like this, uh, again, I wouldn't advise doing it anyway, but uh, this is this is a, a, a National Labor Relations Act kind of uh, direct violation, at least so long as it's relating to non-supervisory employees. Uh, right. If you're telling exempt and supervisory employees not to do this, I still have some questions for you. Probably not nearly as dangerous with that crowd. But here, this is all subordinates, unless all of the subordinates yeah. are supervisors. This is pretty much per se illegal. Well, and even in like, for example, in Minnesota, even supervisory and exempt folks get to talk about their wages. Like you cannot prohibit them from doing that. Okay. Well, um, I mean, so, Minnesota like, may or may not be an outlier on that. I'm still saying don't do that regardless of the it. level yeah, of the individual. Don't do it. And with the wave of, you know, salary transparency requiring it to be in job postings from states like Connecticut and Colorado... It's just best to be as transparent about this as possible. I understand in situations, particularly government contracting, where the wages you pay might be the advantage that you have in getting work, but it is still not worth it to have this situation occur over and over again. Exactly. Exactly. I believe um, Washington is now being added to that list of states with uh, with uh, pay transparency or with postings. Uh, as yeah. well. So we may have more on that in the future. Okay. Awesome. Smorgasbord number three. <laughs> we have a picture. It's a photograph of the bottom half of a water cooler. So, you know, the big tub Sweet. is on top and we've got the hot water knob and the cold water knob. And then there's a <laughs> crinkled up piece of paper taped to the side of it. And it says, hello, water drinker. <laughs> Okay. If you would like to enjoy this delicious Poland spring water, please see Sandra or Michelle to get signed up to the very cool water club. This water ain't <laughs> this water ain't free, yo. Members are currently enjoying unlimited refills for and then it says it has a it has 
$4 and then that's scratched out and then it's written over and says $5 in pen. So enjoying unlimited refills for $5 per month. Yeah, no, please don't do that either. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to provide a water cooler if right. the expense. But if you're gonna. But if you're gonna, like, don't charge your employees for it and have a cool water club. It's not cool. No, yo-yo, regardless. <laughs> so is, don't do that. Is it illegal? I don't know, actually. Because I, I, I can make is. the argument... I can make the argument that by providing it has now been a term and condition of employment and you're seeking a kickback for it. So I could, I could theoretically Uh, make an argument about it. Yeah. um, I don't know that that wins the day. That's fair. (laughs) Uh, I don't know that that wins the day. I don't know that this is illegal, but uh, we have a largely HR uh, (laughs) audience here Uh, from a pure HR standpoint. You can tell us better than we can as lawyers. Like that's a bad idea. Don't do that. That's that's not yeah. how you build engagement with your workforce. Because the next thing you're going to do is pool together to get a microwave, or, and or pool together to you know get other things. And right now you've Sorry, got but you're creating other problems for yourselves. Let's pull so. together so we can have a toilet installed. Yeah. Right. Like, and no, if you pull that- together, have the toilet spalled, and and. And it, you know, somebody falls off it and gets hurt. Well, now you got a work comp claim from the thing that you didn't supervise being put in in the first place. Right. So, like, it's that part that. So the lesson, the me. lesson here: if you don't want a workers' comp claim for people falling in the toilets, don't charge for water. <laughs> the logic of a tree to get there, long and detailed, but yes. <laughs> okay, we now have a. It's a door with a window in the door and on top of it is a laminated sheet of paper. So they've gone to the trouble to laminate this in the middle of it is a picture of what I can only assume as a time clock. It says icon time and it looks like, looks like a time clock and above it, it says always, and this is underlined always, this is in big font, always clock out when passing this door. And then underneath it has a list It says, including, This is all bullet pointed, including bathroom breaks, 10 minute shift breaks, lunch breaks, questions regarding personal requests, questions regarding production should not require leaving the production area. Please see floor manager on duty. Paid break times will be added to your paycheck in accordance with hours worked. So they tried to save themselves with that last sentence that the yes. paid time, the paid breaks will so, try to fix that. Right. And and but. I'll note this, this happens to be in Oregon where you get 10, two 10 minute rest breaks over the course of an eight hour day. So, but they're saying you should clock out for it and clock back in. And then we're going to add presumably the 20 minutes back on afterwards. That's not really a best practice. I will note. Right. No. And it's, so, a, it's so, a pain in the butt for whoever has to do that. Right. So I think mm-hmm. you could, I think a, a plaintiff's lawyer could probably make the argument here that, that some, at least under state law, some stuff's being violated here and bathroom mm-hmm. breaks, you know, under federal law, you know, they really say, unless, unless the employee is really, cl- you know, going off work for, for 10, 15, 20 minutes, you shouldn't be having them clock out and clock back in every time. 
so mm-hmm. so I, I think this is problematic. This happens to have a follow-up. Uh, I won't read the whole thing, mm. but uh, this, there's a second photograph that's then posted of a piece of paper that says, uh, I, um, I wish we were there to offer this apology in person. Uh, so thank you to employee name for sharing for us. Uh, this past week has been a humbling learning experience in leadership. We became so focused. Mm-hmm. On, I guess they're moving locations. We became so focused on the move and making the transition technically that we completely failed at the human factors. Uh, you deserved better, um, et cetera. So, so there's a, a bit of an apology that comes and I presumably that sign is no longer on the door. Mm-hmm. So I, okay. I think, I think in this case, at least, uh, sounds like a positive outcome came from it. You know, at well, the end and, it says, and, you know, we, we made your jobs harder this week. Thank you for your patience with us. That so backlash and appropriate, um, maybe a response. I don't know. Yeah, uh, probably an appropriate response. And it might've been that if you leave this door, you're not, you're probably going on break. So like, just make this easier for you. Like, this is when you know you right. should like, this, so this that might not, be a part of the intention too. Yeah, th- this this could have technically been a violation in a few ways. It certainly doesn't feel good, uh, no. but it also is not nearly as egregious as some of the others that maybe even the ones that aren't illegal, like paying for water. Uh, it doesn't get me <laughs> as, quite as angry as that. Okay. Yes. This is a fifth out of six of our signs okay. board. Okay. Uh, again, we're on it like an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, all caps, attention workers of, and then it's got a blacked out name of business. And then this okay. is in red font. So we've now gone from black font to red font. <laughs> Uh, and it's all caps and it's underlined and it's a bigger font. Work is not meant to be fun. Oh, I've seen this one. Yes. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And then back down to our smaller, not underlined all caps. This is your job. Do not dedicate work time to discussion of non-work topics. Do not facilitate friendships during work hours. Exchange phone numbers and or hang out after work is complete. Reach me at blacked out phone number if a coworker is having non-work discussions on company time. And then there's then there's a picture of a, a minion from the movie. <laughs> uh, Great. With a big smiley face and he's raising his finger. And the caption on it says, work is not your daycare at the top. And at the <gasps> bottom it says, truth. Oy vey. Okay, so first, <laughs> this organization was never subjected to the Pike's Fish Place uh, in Seattle where they throw fish and it's fun and people go watch them throw the fish, right? Like, they're at one point in time, when I was working at Marshall Fields, there was this whole initiative to watch that video and see that work could really be fun and this is how we were going to improve employee morale and, you know, improve engagement. No, these people and are so, saying work is not meant to be fun. You're not supposed to do not that. This. We're not supposed yeah. to enjoy it. You're not <laughs> supposed to get any fulfillment out of it, frankly. Right, right. And so... I would assume that they're, you know, because they're in that totally opposite direction, they're having some retention issues and will likely continue to have some employee retention issues. Wait, you don't think this will help with retention? (laughs) I think it's going to (laughs) help so little. 
Um, and yes. if you talk to people about who or who don't necessarily love their job, they will tell you the reason they're still working there is because they love the people they work with and they have really good friends there. And that's what's keeping them in a job. And so when you actively try to destroy those friendships or say that you can't have them, it's going to only get significantly worse. And if the gossiping or the non-work conversations happen to you know, touch on a little bit of a term of or condition of employment, you're going to have a national labor relations issue too. So. Yeah. What yeah. are your thoughts was, on well, that well, yeah, I was going to ask you if you think there's something illegal about it. And I think it touches up against NLRA potentially issues, yeah. NLRA issues. Because what if I'm talking and, about terms and conditions of employment while I'm making a new friend? Right. And quick timeout. Uh, I want to point out to everyone who's listening that Mark is saying NLRA. He's not saying NLRA. So just want to point that out. Oh, that's Mr. Femla. Yeah, well, some some acronyms <laughs> lend themselves to it, and some don't. Okay. Some some go by local practice, and any of my Oregon, Washington, Northern California folks, feel free to back me up on this. That's the way people say it here. Yeah, no, no. Nope, so, nope. I mean, I think you're actually discriminating Oosa. against people from the Northwest. Again, not a protected class. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you're not discriminating. (laughs) We know that the word discrimination doesn't have to be illegal. You can still discriminate in many legal ways. And Kate is discriminating against me, and I I am not here for it. Uh, This is is local practice. This is what people do. And and my my fellow Oregonians, some you know Washingtonians, feel free to to tell Kate to have my back. And tell Kate that she's being an ass. <laughs> okay. Okay. And and maybe then I, what we maybe then what we can do is we can all get together and we can all rent a verbo together and <laughs> talk about it. Yes. For Christina's verbo or VRBO. Yes. <laughs> all right. Our last awesome. our last signpost. <laughs> This has a label on it, spotted at my local Burger King. So we, we have a, okay. a a location uh, or, 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 you know, what which restaurant we're talking about. FYI, this is all caps again. Uh, FYI, there will be no coming in on your days off and hanging out behind my counter. Also, we are not here to become mm-hmm. friends with everyone. So be professional and do your job and go home. If I hear anything different, then it will be an automatic write-up. If you don't like it, you know what you need to do. Yeah, you need to walk out. And that's okay. (laughs) Sheepers, creepers. I mean, part of me wants to say like, wow, like what a great work environment that your employees want to come in and hang out with you on their day off. Yeah. I I can also understand why that lucky. I mean, you don't want them working. Right. You don't want them working off the clock. So potential wage issue there, but like if, I mean, and if they're behind the counter, then I think this person probably has a good point. But if you want to come in on your day off and hang out in the Burger King, I have some questions for you, <laughs> but I, I, you know, it means you like where you work. So I don't know. I feel like yeah. this is maybe a little harsh. Okay. I, I agree. It might be a little harsh, but it may be also, if you want to come in and hang out, you just can't be behind the counter, period. So. Unless you like have to go to the manager's office for something, yeah. but yeah, I, wa- I wanted to end on more of a of a 
a less negative note. So the, the, the comments here, the top comments here, like uh, the first comment is the last thing I want to do on my day off is come into said job. And the next yeah. one says, got to say, this is probably the most benign workplace sign I've seen posted here. Not working? Go outside. Enjoy life. Do literally anything else but be fucking here. Yeah. And don't, nobody wants to smell like a Burger King. Right? Like, why would you I mean, you hang some out there people to... might. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to shame the <laughs> burger okay. smell so... lovers. I don't know. So I drive past a Taco Bell and a Burger King quite a bit. And the Burger King always is dead. But the Taco Bell can sometimes have up to like 20 cars, you know, you know, especially about 10, 30, 11 o'clock on a Friday or Saturday night. It sure. gets pretty busy right there. Um, For good reason. But yeah. Like, yeah. I'd much rather smell like Taco Bell than smell like <laughs> Burger King. I guess. So. I, don't, I don't know that that's a fight I really want to have. <laughs> so would you rather? You have to pick one. I pick Taco Bell. So That's wow. fair. That's fair. Um, okay. So that's that's our smorgasbord of signs. What I, I think I might want to do is continue to watch these and, and bookmark them. Yeah. And when I get five or ten more of them, we can do this segment again if you thought that was fun. Yes, I do think that was fun. Okay, so one other thing I have to tell everybody is that I'm doing three to five minute videos starting mm. on handbook policies and doing, and my first policy will drop on Tuesday, April 12th, um, and it'll be on the harassment policy. So if you are in preparations or you're going to be in preparations of updating your handbook, uh, feel free to go to my website and take a look at any videos that might help you on those policies. It's I'll be t- I'll be tuning in and yeah, I'll be tuning in <laughs> yeah. and making notes uh, and improving my policies. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not sure you're necessarily going to improve them, but I was pretty controversial with my most controversial opinion about handbooks. So we'll see. Cause You'll a just have bit to tune in. You'll just have to tune in <laughs> to find out what that is. Yes. Yes. All right. So, and how? where can people find you, Mark? Where can people find me? They can find me. Uh, I mean, if you're listening, they've already found me. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, you can find me at Salad Pants on Twitter and on the Bullard Law website, uh, BullardLaw.com. And you can find all my contact information there. What about you, Kate? Uh, K8BISCH.com is where you can find me schedule time with me and then same thing for twitter and linkedin all that those fun places to be so cool all right well i'm glad to be back we uh should be back on i'm hoping a more regular schedule here for the next couple of months before we start moving i think to a summer schedule of uh i know i know we've both got a lot of (laughs) of travel and other things in the summer and there's less stuff going on so uh we may move back to a summer schedule uh over the summer and we'll come out when we when we have enough content to come out with, but uh, uh, we should be back in a couple of weeks and uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Kate. Yeah. Well, everybody have a good couple of weeks. Bye. Bye.